from the ESPN 690 and Atari Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Thursday afternoon, ESPN 690, one day before New Year's Eve. We got one show to go, and we're missing one key component. Where in the world is Brent Martineau? Well, I'll tell you. This is Casey Kurtz, by the way. Brian Middleton is along with me. We'll give you all the details here in a second, but this is Action Sports. Jack's on ESPN 690. We got a lot to talk about. We got picks to make. We got college football semifinals. The Jags have nobody left on the active roster. It feels like we'll get to that right after this. But like I said, Brent Martineau, where in the world is he? Well, I'll tell you. Brent called me today around noontime. Calm, cool, collective. Said, hey, what you doing? I said, just chilling. Brent, what are you doing? He said, I missed my flight. I said, what? He said, connecting flight, missed it. Honest mistake. They wouldn't stop the plane for me. I said, what do you mean they wouldn't stop the plane for you? I said, did you walk up there and say, do you guys know who I am? Did you pull that card? I'm verified on Twitter, 25K followers. He tried all that. They wouldn't bring the plane back to the gate. So long story short, Brent Martineau's been chilling in an unidentified airport. He will be here, though, in the 4 o'clock hour. He'll be here for 4 and 5 o'clock, which is when we'll make our picks. We'll talk about the Jags. We'll uh, look back at the year that was in sports. It was an interesting one outside of Jacksonville as well as inside of Jacksonville. But... That's where Brent is. So for the first hour, you got me and Brian Middleton. And Brian Middleton came in here with a smile on his face due to the fact that the South Carolina Gamecocks, against all odds, won the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Whoa, against all odds. odds. Well, North Carolina was a better football team. I mean, apparently not. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Your your guy, Shane Beamer, uh, got mayo poured on him, so that's pretty gross. I call him uh, Shane Saban. Honestly, <laughs> the way that we're moving now, man. For winning the Duke's Mayo Bowl? Hey, listen, winning bowl games, getting into bowl games, getting top-tier talent to come to the school, I don't see a difference. Well, ne- nevertheless, how locked in were you to the Duke's Mayo Bowl? Uh, not very. I was running some errands. So I was watching on my phone through an app that I will not name over the airwaves. And, uh, but, you know, okay. I was keeping track. Uh, it was a big first quarter. And then after, the, uh, after that, I was feeling pretty good about things. So, yeah. yeah. All right, well, anyway, that's happened earlier today on ESPN. Bowl season in full effect, obviously. The Tax Slayer Gator Bowl is tomorrow, Rutgers and Wake Forest, and then obviously the college football semifinals. You got Alabama, you got Cincinnati. That'll kick off at 3.30. Coverage, by the way, will start at 2.30 right here on ESPN 690 for that. And we'll roll right into Michigan and Georgia as well as, as well on ESPN 690. We'll talk about that in a bit. We're going to start where we always start, and that is with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, um, oh, my goodness. So, if you if you missed this part of the news today, the Jags placed Will Richardson and Andrew Wingard on the COVID list. So, we'll start with Will Richardson. Andrew Wingard obviously is playing a lot. Uh, everyone has an opinion on that. Should he, should he not be? But the point of the story is playing. He added to the list today uh, of... At this point, we don't know who's going to play, but if you're getting added to the list on a Thursday, it's probably not looking good to play on a Sunday. But nevertheless, let's talk about Will Richardson and what that means for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So the current O-line situation on the COVID list is this. Cam Robinson, Andrew Norwell, Brandon Linder, Ben Barch, Will Richardson are all currently on the list. Now, if you're keeping track at home, that's almost the entire starting offensive line. 
without Jawan Taylor, who for some reason, Jawan Taylor, everybody else has COVID on the offensive line, not Jawan Taylor. Uh, so good, good for him. But he is active and will likely be your right tackle, barring nothing happens before Sunday. So the rest of your active offensive line looks like this. Walker Little, who would likely play left tackle if Cam Robinson is out. Jawan Taylor, Tyler Shatley, and Casey McDermott. So if you're doing quick math right there, I'm not great at math, but I can do one, two, three, four is not enough to play football. So you look to the practice squad, and we've got Coy Cronk, Battera Taroy, and Trevor Wallace-Sims. Brian Middleton, how are they going to play football? First of all, good job. All those names back-to-back. Thank you. I stutter too bad for that. Um, How are they going to play football? Probably poorly. (laughs) That's all I got for you. Uh, Hey, listen, man, this is... This is like a, a terrible situation, right? And first and foremost, let's get it out of the way. Yes, I'm worried about everybody's health. So I get it. You know, put them on the list and quarantine them and whatnot. Sure. We want people to be healthy, of course, right? So um, get that all taken care of. But you start naming those names that I've never heard of. Uh, and you start talking about the starting offensive line basically being decimated. Uh, that's bringing up a lot of questions, I'm sure, on really who should be playing um, across the board, let alone just on the offensive line or the many places that you have people who are not going to be able to play in Sunday's game. Yeah, it's, it's a mess. It's an, <laughs> it's an absolute mess. There's no other way to put it, which brings me to this. And we're going to play you a little bit from Brian Schottenheimer here in a second. But before we do that, me and Brent talked about it yesterday and we disagreed. But I, now it's even more like Will Richardson didn't push it over the edge to me, but obviously you have an opportunity to get some of these guys back. Like Ben Barch, for example, has been on the list since last week. So you would think if you're going to get somebody back, Ben Barch, Norwell's been on it. Uh, Cam's new on it, so you're probably not going to get him back. But the point of the story is I told Brent Martineau, you cannot play Trevor Lawrence without your offensive line. Like, you just can't do it. You can't put practice squad guys and Walker Little and Jawan Taylor out there to protect Trevor Lawrence against the New England Patriots. It is a bad idea. You have I understand you're trying to win football games and you're trying to give him the reps he needs and that's all fine and good, but you cannot put this guy out there in harm's way against the Patriots, who, by the way, we'll talk about what's going on with the Patriots. Matt Judon, obviously on the COVID list, he is expected to speak to the media today, which gives people... Uh, New England media the belief that he will be activated because you don't really talk to somebody who's on the COVID list. Um, another offense or uh, defensive player comes back for them uh, on their defensive line. So they're going to be at full strength most likely on the defensive line. Dietrich Wise Jr. Who's, is who they will get back. So you get Judon back. You get Wise Jr. back. Uh, Christian Barmore is questionable, um, but he will likely play as well. But everybody that's besides Judon, like I just mentioned, and Wise who came back, Everybody else who's questionable on their defense is due to injury, which makes you believe that some of the everyone's questionable at this point in the season. So it looks like they're going to be at full strength on defense, and you're trying to tell me that Trevor Lawrence should go out there and play football against them with a practice squad offensive line? No, sir, no, ma'am. Absolutely not. You remember what happened to Joe Burrow last year? That's the only thing that keeps playing in my head over and over and over. And can you imagine... I know you can't play scared. Brent Martineau's going to say that when he gets here, and that's fine. You can't play scared. You have nothing to gain in this game. The spread is 16 and a half points. 
your whole team is on the COVID list. And it's funny how when this happens to Jacksonville and not to Cleveland Browns, when the Cleveland Browns had nobody to play, it was all over ESPN. The Jags have nobody. Look up and down the depth chart. Go to ESPN.com. Click on the Jags depth chart. Out. Out. The all, whole offensive line. Malcolm Brown, Devon Hamilton, Josh Allen, Damian Wilson, Miles Jack, Jahad Ward, Andrew Wingard, Caleb on Chason, Lorente McRae, Jay Tefele. All have the O next to their names. Well, it's not, it's not a big deal because the Jags are two and forever. Well, I, and I, Cleveland basically yeah. has been fighting for a playoff spot the whole year. And I get that. I do understand that. And I'm not – when Cleveland wanted to get the game postponed, like, or uh, pushed back, I was against that. And I'm against this happening. Like, the Jags shouldn't get any extra credit for this. But the Jags do, if you can feel the team and play the football game, which all indications you will – uh, the coaching staff has said they don't know who's going to play, who's going to be wearing the Jag uniform, but at the end of the day, they're going to play football, they believe. You can't put Trevor Lawrence out there. Earlier today, Brian Schottenheimer was asked that very question, and this is how he answered it. You know, I think everything is just so up in the air. Um, right now, we're going into this game plan. Trevor Lawrence is going to be our starter. Uh, why? Because we think Trevor gives us the best chance to win. Um, again, as the week goes, as things pop up, certainly, you know, uh, Bev will be communicating to myself and the entire staff about decisions. But uh, right now, we're just trying to piece together the puzzle, uh, and we're going to find the best 11 to put out there. Uh, and again, like I said earlier, Ashlyn, I mean, we expect whoever those 11 are that they're going to go out there. We're going to have them prepared, and, uh, and they're going to give us everything they got uh, to go beat a really good football team in their home stadium. So they're going piecing together a puzzle is not number one I want to hear when I'm protecting Trevor Lawrence. But at the beginning of the sound, you heard him say, like, they're preparing to play with Trevor Lawrence, but he, he said it a couple times, in my opinion, that, hey, they're going to they're gonna look at the options and they're going to prepare to play and all that. But you know in the back of their heads they know what's best for Trevor Lawrence. And the season that this guy's already had, statistics-wise, Urban Meyer-wise, everything this guy's been through, and don't get me wrong, Trevor Lawrence wants to play football. And I believe that if he's healthy and he doesn't land on the COVID list, it doesn't matter. They're going to play him. And that's how Brent believes it. He's told me many times. I just disagree. You got to be smart sometimes. I wouldn't do it. I can't do it. I would not put him out there. Brian Middleton, if you're in charge, if you're Daryl Bevel, you got the final say now that you're the head coach. Daryl Bevel has been through a heck of a lot these last couple of weeks, but you got to make this decision, Brian Middleton. Would you play Trevor Lawrence behind this offensive line? Well, first and foremost, Daryl Bevel, interim head coach, should he really be able to have that decision-making ability? Because he's not going to be the head coach. I, That's I feel interesting. So at that point, who has the decision? Yeah. Is it Shad Khan? Is it your favorite GM, uh, Trent Baalke? Like, who gets to make that decision? You're right. Trevor Lawrence wants to, p- wants to play. Like, that will not even enter his mind. Like, I don't care who's in front of me. I believe in those guys. At least he will say it. He'll never tell us if he doesn't really believe in, you know, a teammate or not. And he wants to get out there and get as many reps as possible, which is understandable. This is still his rookie year even though he's basically played a full season, and he needs all the reps he can get in order to get better. I lean towards the side of making sure that at the first, I'm talking about the first major hit. It sounds crazy, but the first major hit, I'm like, all right, hey, you're out for the day. First time you get hit crazy in the backfield because of a, of a sack, of a missed, missed assignment, uh, who's the backup, Bethard? C.J. Hey, Bethard, yeah. yeah. Come on, it's, it, this is your time to shine, sir. 
because it is more of an investment. You pay this guy a lot of money. You think his ceiling is beyond those of uh, any quarterback that's come through in a long time. You need to protect your investment. I get the fact that people want to win, but there's been a lot of losing in Jacksonville, so two more losses isn't going to make that much of a difference. Losing Trevor Lawrence to injury where he's not coming back at the beginning of next season because of some week 16, week 17 game with a hodgepodge of offensive linemen uh, is way more devastating than two more losses, in my opinion. Absolutely, and I... I agree with what you said there, but at the same time, I disagree with something where, uh, yes, Trevor Lawrence does need all the reps he can get, and that I, I agree with that. However, how valuable are the reps when you're scared for your life, you have one second to get rid of the football, and you're throwing to, now grand, you've been throwing to Treadwell, Treadwell Marvin Jones, and Taven Austin this whole time. Jadon Mickens, also on the COVID list. He's out. Um Hammond, I believe, is also on the COVID list. He will likely not play. Your entire tight end room is either on the COVID list or questionable with injury. O'Shaughnessy is questionable. Manhurts, Hollister, Luke Farrell, all on the COVID list. So, like, what are these reps actually going to accomplish? You play C.J. Beathard. You get Daria Ngumbawale. You get Raquel Armstead. You get my boy Sargent from Key West High School. I don't know if you heard us talking about that. I did. Yeah, that's... That first. We'll get into that in a second, but... And you, if you're C.J. Beathard, you turn around and you hand off the football to Ngumba Wale, to Raquel Armstead, to Sargent. You maybe run a quick, sc- uh, quick slant to Marvin Jones. You run a uh, wide receiver sc- screen to Treadwell. You do whatever it is you need to do, but you keep Trevor Lawrence out of harm's way and you somehow get through this football game, even if you play it. Facebook says <laughs> Trevor should just start limping in practice today. Look, uh, it's not a listen. Trevor Lawrence is not that guy, so that's not going to happen. But uh, you know, it's an interesting, interesting thought. Um, who are the wide receivers that are not on the IR? Says YouTube and Goomba Wale, Raquel Armstead, and Makai Sargent. That's what the Jags will have at the wide res- or at the running back position. And that's another, at least part of this. Earlier in the week, you heard Daryl Bevel say they had to get the running backs up to speed on. I, I mean, it's not hard to, like, turn around and get the football and run up the middle or however you want to run that. But pass protection is a big part of getting them up to speed and learning the playbook. And without your offensive line, you can't really put a running back back there that doesn't know how to pra- pass protect and where they should be in the new scheme. So at the end of the day, it is a disaster, a COVID disaster in now, Jacksonville. Now, Casey, who do you think should have that decision, though? Do you think Daryl Bevel should have that decision? That's or should right. it be Shad Khan? Or should it be Balky? Or who who should it be? That That is an interesting call. I forgot that you had said that, but that is a very good point. Um, off, just, this is my opinion. Shad Khan is probably not going to call down there and say, hey, don't play this guy. That's just my guess. But to your point, I think obviously Shad Khan put Daryl Bevel in charge because he had to, but at the same time, he trusts him. And if there's one thing we, we have found out at least a little bit from what's happened this week is that there's some trust in Trent Balky. I know there's a lot of people that aren't uh, – pretty much all of Jacksonville didn't like when I said that, but at the same time, that's what's been proven to us that sh- – there's a little bit of trust in Trent Baalke. So I think that call would come from someone like that. I just don't see Shad calling down there and saying, hey, don't play this guy because does Shad really understand what the Jags are going through right now? Maybe. 
But at the same time, like, it's hard to really wrap your head around. Like, you have other offensive linemen and all this, but when these dudes might not be able to play, I, I, I think the call to answer your question, I don't know if Bevel should make the call. I think if Balky is going to stay your GM, which it seems like it's going to, he, he could make that call, yeah, to your point. YouTube says I would sit Marvin Jones as well. That's interesting. Just sit the whole squad. Here's the thing. Besides Trevor Lawrence, you don't really have enough dudes to sit anybody else. I mean, you almost have to play Marvin Jones. But, yeah, another one on YouTube. I say run the ball and let the clock tick. Exactly. Amen. You have to run the football in this game because it is going to be ugly. And I talked about this a little bit, but on the defensive side of the football, I mean, Malcolm Brown, Devon Hamilton, Josh Allen, Miles Jack. I mean, you're going to get some of these guys back, you believe? But holy cow. Now, because of the change in the uh, NFL COVID you know, procedures from 10 to 5 days. Yeah. Now, if you are vaccinated, you can be tested out of that 5 days, right? You don't have to wait 5 days. So, so yes. But... Oh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, If you're vaccinated, you don't have to test. But for, like, Miles Jack, we believe the situation was he felt symptoms and asked to be tested, which is why he was out gotcha. right before the game. So... Gotcha. I'm not 100% sure what, if you ask to be tested and come up positive, I think you still have to sit out to answer that question. But to your point, so Josh Allen, for example, was supposed to sit out 10 days. He missed last game. He would also miss this game if he stays in the 10-day window, but he in the, in the new protocols with the five-day window, he should be able to come back. Will it happen? He still has to test out of it. Who knows? But look, it's going to be a bad situation. Good, good point by Sean. Also, Logan Cook is on the IR, and as far as I've seen, they haven't signed a punter. So who's going to punt the football? Like, it's, it's really bad. At this point, if you're the NFL, like, do you look at this? Like, at a player safety standpoint, like, they, we don't, the Jags don't have enough people to play at this point. If guys don't test out come Sunday, I have no idea what the NFL will do postpone it forfeit the Jags I don't know but at this point it's a safety concern if you don't get at least a good amount of these guys back it's a practice squad game it is literally a practice squad versus the New England Patriots an all-time horrible situation if it was the Jets you could at least make the argument play the Patriots good night what a disaster in Jacksonville we'll be back action sports Jacks on ESPN 690 Well, I tell you, they've done a great job. One, they're a balanced attack. They want to run the football, and the play action with Mac has, has been great for them. So, they, you know, that's something they've done for years. And, uh, you know, he's doing a really good job, Mac is, and, and they get the pieces. Their offensive line does a really good job uh, in the run run game in terms of, you know, knocking people off the ball in the double team. So we got our hands full. They do a great job not only running the football, but also uh, with the play action. Yeah, they have their hands full. They have their hands full, even if they were at full strength. They're playing the New England Patriots, who Brent Martineau says at one point in time were bad. Well, you know what? Brent Martineau will be with us here shortly. Uh, Brian Middleton, Casey Kurtz, Action Sports, Jacks on ESPN 690. Brian Middleton, Brent continuously tells me that the Patriots at one point in time were bad, and I don't believe him. At any point in time in your life were the Patriots bad? I'm going to take that as a no right there. 
pretty straightforward. Um, look, when you look at this Patriots team, you've got well, – we'll go back, right back to what Joe Cullen just said. Running the football and running the play action. That's what Mac Jones has been good at. By the way, Brian Hoyer does hit the COVID list for New England. So if you were wondering if Brian Hoyer at some point was going to get in the football game on Sunday, it does not look likely. But look, Damian Harris has been a quality back for – the Patriots so far this season and he's been good running the football by the way last week should have played him in fantasy uh I beat Brent Martineau Uh, I don't know if you guys had heard that but uh, I didn't need Damian Harris to beat Brent Martineau I did see that you posted that everywhere yeah it was great yeah it's good to see that yeah you know and 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 I'm sorry man I was caught up on something Uh, just before you continue with the Pats they were good my entire life oh okay yeah my entire life so Brent Martineau's a liar then yeah well I, I don't know how old Brent is so maybe, maybe they yeah. weren't good at some point in his life. But yeah, yeah, that's what he says. Like, you know, Brent just says things sometimes. He thought they were going to stop the plane for him earlier today. So, like. Entitled. Yeah. Anyway, not important. Uh, Sean says Patriots were bad. It's been decades. But not in my lifetime. But the point of the story is this. Damian Harris has been a quality back for them. Ramondre Stevenson is a guy they drafted uh, this season and has been good for them when Damian Harris has been hurt. Jacoby Myers, Nikhil Harry, Nelson Aguilar. That's what you're going to be facing if you're the Jags. Uh, Aguilar, by the way, uh, missed practice today and yesterday. So there's a chance you won't see Aguilar. But um, you remember when he was dropping or when uh, he was dropping those passes in Philly and that guy was dropping babies? You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. What, what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. By the way, Shaq Mason also out of practice today for New England. But. When you look at this New England team, when you look past this football game, they're going to beat the Jags. It doesn't matter if the Jags are at full strength. The New England Patriots are going to win this football game. They're probably going to cover the 16-and-a-half spread. So the question that I now have is, how good are the New England Patriots actually? They win games big, then they go around and lose to the Bills. The Bills are a good team, and that's all fine and good. But I think the New England Patriots are really good. Brent seems to push back at me. When it comes to playoff time, you got to run the football. you got to play defense. The New England Patriots do that. I think they're very good. Brian Middleton, what say you? Yeah, I mean, here's the deal. I think that they are a pretty good team. Um, and I think whenever you have a Bill Belichick team um, that has a good defense, that's his specialty for decades now, uh, I think – once they get into the playoffs, they're going to have a chance to go pretty far. So, um, you know, right now, I know at the quarterback position seemingly has an answer in Mac Jones, um, but he is a rookie, um, and he's having ups and downs to his season. Um, but as long as he's staying with the Belichick system, uh, as far as, like you just said, running the ball, uh, having some good uh, play-action passing, and then strong defense, I think they're as good as their record says that they are. Um, are they the favorites? No. But do they have a chance? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, how much – let me ask you this. So there's been a good amount of after Brady wins the Super Bowl, he leaves, goes to Tampa, wins the Super Bowl. There's a lot of back uh, backlash on uh, Bill Belichick. I think he's a very good coach. Overrated because of Tom Brady or no? No. Okay, just checking. No. See, I know a little bit about NFL history. Just a little bit, though. Okay. Uh, and so, listen, Belichick, I know he had his stint in uh, Cleveland that didn't go well. It didn't go well to his standards. I don't think anybody saw him being who he was when he made that first head coaching run, right? 
but he was also the defensive coordinator for those Giants teams that had players like uh, Lawrence Taylor and Carl Banks and on other players and granted that would make your job easier but somebody had to be the architect of those defenses and listen we're going on 20 years now the same way that we are high on Brady for all the reasons that we should be you got to be high on Belichick you you have to his ability to be able to remain the head coach keep that consistency of of winning and that culture Brady was a big part of it but so was he and I think that he is not just a good coach. I think he's the best NFL coach that we've seen. And, I mean, I guess you have Saban out here if you want to argue, you know, just head coach at the game of football. You can argue that. But I would give it to Belichick because he's doing it at the highest level. Yeah, absolutely. That's fair enough. Uh, Kansas City, Tennessee, Buffalo are all close, if not better, than New England from the stream. And I think that's an interesting thing because Tennessee without Derrick Henry is absolutely not better than New England. Derrick Henry or Tennessee with Derrick Henry, yeah. Uh, Buffalo has obviously, they just went and beat him. So, yeah, you can say that. And then Kansas City, uh, Brent continuously likes to say Kansas City's not the uh, favorite right now. Kansas City is back to playing Kansas City football. They're smoking everybody, and they've all of a sudden figured out how to play defense. They didn't even have Travis Kelsey last week, and some dude named Pringle, who is not a flavor of Pringles, just Brian, or Byron, whatever his name is, is out there scoring two touchdowns. Hardman had a touchdown. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire goes down again. I mean, it's just it's next man up for the Chiefs, and they continue to do it. So, yeah, I think the Chiefs uh, are should be one of the favorites, but better than New England, yeah, I would say so. Tennessee, I can't go there, and Buffalo just proved it, so that's interesting. Um, let's get it back to the Jags here for a second. Action Sports Jags on ESPN 690. Brian Middleton is our, uh, our South Carolina Gamecock, South Carolina, like, fan. He knows what's going on. So, uh, Brian, I forgot they did sign a punter to the practice squad. Joseph Charlton, uh, likely to be punting for the Jags on Sunday. Uh, former South Carolina Gamecock. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, Mr. Charlton, what he's going to bring to the table punting the football for the Jags? Uh, he, uh, he graduated from University of South Carolina. I can, yep. I can tell you right there. Listen, uh, hey man, he can kick the ball. I, I can't tell you much more about him. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, that's pretty much all it is. He's punted 61 times in his career. 2,700 yards, uh, average punt of 44.5. Uh, he did at one point in time complete a 29-yard pass on a trick play, so that's pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, so I guess they do have a punter. I did forget about that. So, hey, problem solved. We got a punter. Let's go play. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think they can. I don't. If, if something doesn't change, they're not going to play football. So the question is, will they get it pushed back? Will it get canceled? Who knows? But at the current situation they're in, they – as in the Jacksonville Jaguars, cannot play football. The New England Patriots will be able to do that uh, with a 16.5 point spread. We'll pick that one later on when Brent gets here. Uh, a lot of other games to pick, including Cincinnati, Alabama, including Michigan, Georgia, the college football playoff, which, by the way, you can hear right here on ESPN 690. Coverage will start at 2.30. The first game will start at 3.30, and we'll roll right into the second game, which is Michigan-Georgia. Cincinnati-Alabama will lead it off. You can hear them both right here on ESPN 690. We will not be here tomorrow. Uh, we are taking that day off and then coming back Monday. I don't know what we're going to be breaking down on Monday, to be honest with you. Probably the college football playoff because will the Jags play football? Not 100% sure. But I do know Austin Lane will be back. I do know Brent Martin will be back, and we'll be ready to kick off 2022 
and just roll from there. Will we be breaking down a Jags win or a Jags loss or a Jags no contest will be the question. But let's keep it here on the college football playoff. We don't do a lot of it, but there's only four teams left when it comes down to it. Cincinnati gets in the playoff against all odds. 13-and-a-half point spread. I think the overwhelming consensus is they will not be able to keep up with Alabama. Alabama will just be in uh, just a better football team and make Cincinnati look inferior. And I can't figure out yet if I feel that way or not. You think Cincinnati has even just to stay within 13-and-a-half points, Brian Middleton? I heard you. I'm trying not to be a hater right now because you know how down I am on Cincinnati. Yep. 13 and a half points, so nah, nah. I think the way that Alabama looked in that SEC championship game, the way that Bryce Young looked, that offense, and granted, it's been about, what, three weeks now since then? Yeah. Uh, when they played, so anything can happen to that type of momentum. I don't think it's going to be even that close, though. If, if Alabama can do that to UGA, how much more can they do to Cincinnati? Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I just, I don't know, man. Cincinnati, obviously, the level of competition and all of that, I get it. I just have a hard time believing Cincinnati's not going to be able to score points. And I understand Alabama is what it is, but I don't know. Like, this is going to be the weird, we're going to pick this game later on um, around 430, but I I can't figure out how I feel about it because I think Alabama should st- stomp them. I don't know if it's me being delusional and I just want Cincinnati to be a better football team than they are, that could be it. That very well could be it. But I don't. I can't put a finger on how I think this one's going to play out. I guess I'm going to have to by 4.30, but um, until then, I'm going to keep pondering it in my own head. Uh, Georgia-Michigan, I do feel a strong way about this one. Stetson Bennett, the fourth, fifth, I'm not sure. I don't know Roman numerals, but he will start, it sounds like, for the Georgia Bulldogs. They cannot win with Stetson Bennett oh, at quarterback. Oh, man. Michigan wins the football game. By the way, Michigan, plus seven and a half. There you go. I'll tell you right now. Wow. I think they win the football game. So plus seven and a half, that's a no-brainer. Don't tell Brent Martineau, but I'm picking Michigan. I Actually, it doesn't matter. Don't tell Austin Lane I'm picking Michigan because Brent, he's so far out of it. It's not even funny. Me and Austin Lane, neck and neck, I'm picking Michigan in this one. We'll talk about that again a little more at 4.30. Am I wrong to believe that Georgia can't win with Stetson Bennett at quarterback? Well, here's the deal. The only team that I know that they can't beat is Alabama, at least right now, with Stetson Bennett. Because leading up to that game, they've been undefeated. Um, Michigan, they're a bunch of bullies, man. I watched three of their games from beginning to end for the Mm -hmm. whole season, the last one being the Ohio State game. Uh, Other games I've I've just kind of chimed in on, um, maybe caught some highlights. But, man, especially in that Ohio State game, they are a bunch of bullies. They can run the ball right at you. They can throw the ball when they need to. They play great defense. And I think that is one of these things where they have the same mentality of a UGA, of of an Alabama, where they can get punched in the mouth, and you're not going to devastate them from that one big punch. You know, early on, mm-hmm. this is, they're not in awe of UGA. They're not in awe even of a team like Alabama because, you know, based off of their history and based off how they're, they're playing this year, they have that same type of, of awe, that same type of mentality. So I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility that Michigan can win this game. To hear you pick Michigan, though, yeah. that's, that threw me off. 
Well, I thought you were going to be a UGA fan all the way through, regardless of who's starting at QB. No, absolutely not. I, I mean, look, Michigan. I mean, uh, Georgia plays good defense, but what has Stetson Bennett proved to you that he can win a big game? He had an opportunity, he didn't do it. The, I mean, they didn't they didn't play anybody all season. Like he beat Florida, but so did everybody. So did Missouri. So did everybody. Almost Samford. Yeah, in that first half, yeah. So what? I guess what I'm asking you is. What has Stetson Bennett done to prove that he can win this football game? Nothing. Like, even last year, and I know this is a long time ago, but he, he got a little bit injured in that Florida game. But even before, he didn't look very good. He didn't give them the best opportunity to win. I don't know why JT Daniels won't play in this football game. Uh, JT Daniels, I think, has more potential. We talked about that a little bit yesterday. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think Michigan wins this game outright, and I don't really think it's that close. I think Georgia's going to have a tough time in this football game with Stetson Bennett at quarterback. That's just how I see it. I guess we'll have to see how it plays out tomorrow at 730. You can hear it right here on ESPN 690. It'll be after Cincinnati and Alabama. That one will be at 330. Coverage will start at 230. we got a lot more to do on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. we got picks. we got the year in review to look at. Um, I see some comments on the stream about the draft. Let me tell you something. I think Brian Milton knows this. He might not. My friends know this. I don't even know if Brent Martin knows this. The draft is my favorite holiday, the NFL draft. Yeah, that's real. So, uh, but here's the thing. It feels absolutely wrong to talk about the draft without Austin Lane, you know, the shock your mock expert. So um, we'll have to debate that in the break, see if we can talk some draft without Austin Lane. I'll have to check with him. But I see a lot of comments about the draft and at the end of the day I know that's what we're playing for at this point in Jacksonville we'll be back though Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 couple minutes before the top of the hour Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 Brian Middleton along for the early part of the day he'll be back though Action Sports Jacks over time we'll catch up with Brent Martineau here in a bit but before we do that, just let you know what's going on. The programming on this station, ESPN 690. We're off tomorrow, uh, but instead of us, you will hear the college football semifinal games, Cincinnati, Alabama, starting at 2.30. We'll roll right into Michigan and Georgia, uh, and that one will roll pretty much all night. So you can just be locked into ESPN 690 if you are looking for the college football games. And as it is on all ESPN uh, affiliates, the game will be on, and there will be no blackout. So if you listen on the stream, uh, as in ESPN690.com, and you are not in our viewing area, you usually would be uh, blocked out for games like FSU or Westwood One coverage. You will not be blacked out for these games. So if you can't, if you don't have a local ESPN affiliate that you know of, feel free to tune in, ESPN690.com. You'll be able to hear the games that will be tomorrow. No Thursday night football tonight. That has ended, so uh, just regular ESPN programming tonight. Saturday will be the return of FSU basketball, we think. It's been a minute since we've heard from FSU basketball. They've had, I believe, three or four straight games, including a game with the University of North Florida, uh, postponed and canceled. Postponed or canceled, I should say. They are scheduled to play some basketball tomorrow, Saturday, or on Saturday, I should say. They are scheduled to play at NC State. The coverage will start at 3.30. The game will tip off at 4. As of now, that one is still on, but... A lot of games have been on, and then they get canceled 
right at the last second. So be on the lookout for that. We do expect to have some FSU basketball on Saturday, and then Sunday we got Sunday night football. So a lot going on on ESPN 690. And one thing we certainly never do on ESPN 690. Ever. As much as Austin Lane tries, we don't talk the NBA. We do not talk the NBA. And we have Brian Middleton in our hands, I guess I should say, right now. NBA wealth of knowledge. Okay, Casey. What's up? Do you hear that? It's the sound of people made. Uh, turn into a new channel right there. Well, hopefully not. Yeah, hopefully not, man. Listen, it's only for a couple of minutes. Let's talk about it. Yeah, uh, so tell me what's going on, man. Uh, when you came in, I said, what's up with the NBA? You said the Lakers. I said the AARP squad. You you laughed. Uh, LeBron's been, like, on fire, right? But they just can't win. Yeah, man, triple-double after triple-double. Also, uh, it's the King's birthday. Oh, okay. Yeah, you should wish him a happy birthday. I'm good. Um, you know who else's birthday it is? Uh, I think you would know this one because you actually do follow this sport. No. Tiger Woods. Ah. Yeah. Old Eldrick. I yeah. bet Brent Martin knew. Yeah, Tiger Woods and uh, LeBron James. Same birthday. That is actually really interesting. Yeah, should have been born so on if you were born, So if you were born on this day, you're pretty much a winner in life then, huh? Yeah, probably the best, if not the very best, to ever do it. Yeah, that's interesting. By the way, we'll talk um, uh, in the 5 o'clock hour, we're going to do a look back at... Um, the year that was in sports, including Tiger Woods' car crash, probably will uh, make a topic of conversation in that one. It's hard to remember, but that was indeed this year. He's already back on the course. Obviously, he played with his son, Charlie, in the PNC father-son challenge uh, earlier this month. But it is some things, it's crazy. Like, I forgot that the Tiger Woods thing was this year, but indeed it was. It was in 2021. So me and Brent will do some of that in the 5 o'clock hour, but... Uh, feel free, please continue on to tell me about the AARP squad wow, and okay. the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of good storylines in the NBA, but starting with the Lakers, you know, they're just, it's just not working the way Shocker. it's constructed. Shocker. I mean, they don't have Anthony Davis, who, granted, is the youth of their starting five. He has the oldest body on their team, right? Uh, he's rickety, man. Yeah. Uh, you're blowing him wrong, and it's, uh, you know, it's over. Uh, yeah, so, like, it's just, um, they lost again to Memphis uh, last night. Uh, in a game that they were up double digits early on. And um, LeBron almost had a triple-double. Okay. He had 37 points. He hit eight eight three-pointers for, like, the first time in his career. uh, Really? On the eve of his 37th birthday. He was just getting busy on the court. I guess so. And, you know, it's one of these things when you watch the Lakers games, which, you know, I usually can't fit their whole games in. But, again, man, like, I try to catch as much NBA as possible. Um they are a different team when he's on the court. Um, but once he gets off of the court, man, it's just, it's nothing. They can't, they can't do anything. They can't keep a lead. They can't stay in front of people. They're not a great defensive team anyway. But once he gets off the court, man, it's like, I don't care how much you're up by. Uh, the other team's going to make a run. And they're probably going to have the lead by the time you get out here, LeBron. So, you know, take some type of pre-workout or something like that. Try to keep your energy up because we need you to play all 48 minutes and every minute of overtime if we go into overtime. Yeah. Or else we don't have a chance. Now, they are the seventh seed in the Western Conference with a losing record. Go figure. I don't... And the Western Conference was tougher for a long time, right? Yeah, and to be honest with you, it's tough right now. I mean, they got the Warriors and the Suns. They're tied 27, I think it's like 27 and 7 are their records. Um, and both of those teams are absolute just knockouts. Um, you got Utah up there doing some things. Grizzlies are actually a good team. Um, but the fact that the Lakers 
had so much there was a lot of criticism at the beginning of the season granted with the way that the team was constructed when you have LeBron then Russell Westbrook you bring in Carmelo you bring back in um, Dwight Howard you have a lot of pieces that are good you said it yourself uh, before we got onto the show that if they were on 2K11, 2K12 Oh, they'd be deadly. Game time. It's over with. Don't even come onto the court. Oh my goodness. But man, it really looks bad out there. And uh, I don't know what you do before the trade deadline. Uh, Maybe they figure something out, but this season doesn't look good. Anthony Davis, whenever he gets back, I don't know if he's the answer because at this point in the maturation process with LeBron bringing in Anthony Davis, the thought process was, listen, at least by the time I'm 37 years old, you need to be the best player on this team. Right. And that way, I can still be LeBron James, the LeBron James that you see right now, but I can do that in crunch time. I can do that in April, May, and June, as opposed to having to do it in December, January, and February, just to keep afloat. So I don't know exactly where the Lakers go from here, or the AARP squad. I don't know where they go from here, uh, but... Yeah, it's not looking good, and I'm not sure how long LeBron stays at this level, especially at 37 years old, man. It's just it's so impressive. Yeah. All right, well, that's the AARP squad. Let me ask you this. You said they're seventh in the Western Conference, teams above them, Clippers, Nuggets, Grizzlies, Jazz, Suns, and Warriors in uh, starting from 6-1. to one. Behind them, you got the Mavs, you got the Timberwolves, you got the Spurs. Uh, Mavericks have been without Luka, right? That's kind of why they're struggling. Yeah, I mean, but it, again, it's been one of those things where it's just like it just hasn't really quite hasn't fit, worked fit even when he you know was the, it was just uh. so maybe it's one of these things that is, it was just a bit rocky now he's out but you know once that all comes back together they can get some momentum especially uh, as you get into the springtime trying to roll for your playoff push but yeah they're they're another team that hasn't lived up to expectations uh, based off of last season's play. Yo, the Magic are 7-28? and 28? Yeah, that's old hat. Yeah. yeah what in that. the world? They do that. Why? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know we got to go to break here in one second. Yeah, but we got to go to break. Yeah, yeah. Wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Don't don't go yet. I, I I got my eye on the clock. Here's the thing. What? Why are they bad? RJ Hampton, like, they have a bunch of guys that are supposed to be good, right? They just haven't, it just hasn't developed yet. And this guy, Franz Wagner, is, is that how you say it? Franz? That sounds right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Isn't he supposed to be like the rookie of the year as of right now? Hey, here's the deal, man, with the magic. Let me just start right here. Okay. So when I was doing um when I was uh doing the sports center updates for our ESPN affiliate in Orlando, um they weren't great, but you want to know who the head coach was. The head coach for the Lakers right now. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he got fired yep. um, because the team was basically right at or right under 500, winning like 30-something games. Frank Vogel. Right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and so, you know, I was um, still covering it when they brought in Jonathan Isaacs, who was supposed to be that guy, and it just, that hasn't been the right. case either. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't tell you what's wrong with Orlando. I don't follow anything with Orlando, and rightfully so. I know that they're two hours south of us, and if I was to have a team that wasn't the Miami Heat, it would probably be Orlando. I can't tell you what's wrong there other than uh, it's probably like a Jaguar situation. Uh-oh. Just just oh, burn goodness. it down and start over again. Oh, no. That's not what you want. That's definitely not what you want. By the way, that was NBA talk here on ESPN 690. We got more to do here. We got two hours more to do. A lot of questions about Doug Peterson. Uh, we have an update. It's a small one, but we can give that to you on the other side of of the break. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Stick with us.